2: It'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is.
3: Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have. Hardwired. Inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts.
1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
5: Welcome to Guys We Fuck, the anti slut podcast. Yo, you haven't Yo, said? I'm have Christina Hutchinson.
4: I'm Corinne sister, And I'm your the sweet boy friend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Let's
4: talk about fucking What up fuckers How you doing Welcome to another episode Of Guys We Fuck. It's the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast I'm Corinne Fisher I'm Christina Hutchinson Welcome to the show Yeah Have you watched our special yet We're gonna keep asking you Until every Put it on the background Person who listens to the podcast is also listened to the special Yes We know the numbers guys Yeah You can't hide from us Yeah we see We <laughs> have eyes And it comes to your house Yeah And I'm-, I'm gonna knock on your door And I'm gonna wake you up and I'm going to go
5: fucking watch it, please. And yeah. then you're going to hate me for that. Yeah. And
4: then we're not going to go on tour live with new stuff until you watch the fucking old stuff. Yeah. You bitch. This is a thread I just made Thanks up. Thanks for
5: being here and supporting us. We really appreciate I it. I didn't
4: run it past Christina. That's all right. I <laughs> softened the blow. I'm I mean, I soften the blow. I guess you're Yang in and Yang, baby. <laughs> I guess unless you're in Baltimore, London or Dublin. Yeah. Because she's already agreed to those dates. But yeah, after that. <laughs> yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah.
5: After <laughs> those tour dates. <laughs> you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna regret your decision.
4: Yeah, or Fort Collins, <laughs> Colorado for me. You yeah know? I wouldn't take that away from you guys. Um it's Fort Collins. Come on, you couldn't go an hour closer to Denver. Or anyway. Um No, I'm excited. I am excited I Watch our comedy special, our special day on YouTube for free. It's really good. It's very good. Yeah. Tell your friends. There's not enough rude comments, which makes me think or know or that Ooh. only fans are watching it. Wait, roast us and we'll read the funniest ones. Well. Oh, no. I, I don't think it's good to have negative comments on the YouTube channel well, for no reason. Well, if they're trying to be funny and there, roast us. No one's going to know that except for us. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just trying. To, I'm grasping at straws, Corinne. You you can write it, and then I'll go
5: and delete it.
6: You're really, yeah. I was gonna say you're really in, just inviting destruction of your own mental health. All right. Well,
5: now I mean, after a while, after you've been torn to shreds on the internet a bunch of times, fair. Your thing get your skin gets real thick, and now you're like, come at me, bro. Yeah, yeah. Punch me.
4: I got thick skin now. I won't feel it. Oh. Uh, anyway, youtubecom slash fucked without the u in fucked. Our special day. Yes. It's a comedy special. Send it to a friend as a present. Say you paid for it. Yeah, please. And um, good thinking. (laughs) Thank you. If you're, yeah, that's a good good idea. Really, I've sent my brother a comedy album, but I paid for it. (laughs) Wow. Like sometimes I'll buy my family members like uh, an album from a comedian that I think they would enjoy, but like who's like in one of our colleagues, not like a super super famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's smart. I don't know. I think it's it's a good gift. I I truly love comedy, so I I too, I enjoy the gift if someone gave that to me.
5: So get up, get wise. Uh, also, if you're a musician or if you know a musician, uh, all the music featured on Guys We Fucked is from viewers like you. Right. So send Mike Coscarelli your music, your songs right. um, at uh, GWF Podcast Music. At gmail.com. That is the address. GWFpodcastmusic at gmail.com. Send your songs to Mike. He'll send you a permission form slip yep. thing uh, for legalities because Chad. And uh, yeah, thanks for to everybody whose music uh, you allowed us to feature.
6: Can I just also add, if you're going to send me music, please send me, I need Make a streaming done? link, but oh. I also need an MP3. Oh So whatever shit. songs you want,
5: specs. Just we got send,
6: specs. So this way, I can just download it and pop it in. Because a lot of you guys don't send me uh, streaming links, and I have to go find it somewhere and rip oh, it. I have this.
4: <laughs> I have this vision of just someone someone singing into a phone on the Voice Notes app. I'll even take and that and then sending it to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Can't do anything about that, Chad. That's public domain. Yeah, yeah, that's why I picked it. Yep. Public domain. Oh, shit. All one you. that we
6: feel safe about.
4: <laughs> All right. If you want to email
5: Corinne and I about what's going on in your life, make the subject line pretty clear and send it to sorryaboutlastnightshow at gmail.com. Today's subject line is polyproblems. You don't say... Sorry, this is kind of long and it's a bit complicated. Yeah, because it's Polly. I had been with my partner for about six months. He has cerebral palsy and a lot of trauma related to his disability. Mm -hmm. People suck and have treated him poorly, even his own family.
4: What? Uh, It's 2022. Who's making fun of disabled people anymore, guys? That's like Bible stuff.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Bible stuff? (laughs) Oh, yeah. They
4: they do not like disabled. That's like a main part of the Bible. That's terrible. They were like, wait, a main part?
5: That's it's fucked up people
4: remember it yeah, oh my
6: yeah. god <laughs> yeah it's not great
5: <sighs> whatever oh anyway the stories he has told me make me cry uh it was I was really enjoying our relationship but have been realizing in past relationships <clears throat> and this one that monogamy makes me feel trapped And as if I am owned by someone. Mm, I feel you. I want to always be able to make my own choices about what I do with my body. I communicated this to him early on and continue to as I began to learn about what solo poly meant and about the poly queer community in general. I identified with it and I felt at home with the people I met in the area who were in the lifestyle. This has all been challenging for my partner who has tried to adapt but did not find it as natural as it felt for me. I learned about the term the other day called poly under duress. Mm. Oh, yes, I've heard Dan Savage talk about that many times. Um, And I started to feel as though my partner was forcing himself to be poly for me, which is what poly under duress is uh, is, is referring to, which is something I had always told him was not necessary as long as he could come to terms with my lifestyle.
4: As long as I can fuck other yeah. people, right. yeah. you can be
5: monogamous. Yeah, how how you are taking his hand and going, hey, come with me to Polly under duress. You're guiding him, your partner through this. He started acting in ways I never thought he would and saying things to friends that I had no idea he felt were true. It fe- It came to a point where I felt I had to end the relationship and I became so concerned about his mental health Okay, I'm so curious about what you think about this, Corinne. I was Uh,
4: just thinking of really uh, fucked up jokes in my head that I can't make on this show, but I'll make somewhere else. Uh, I became
5: so concerned about his mental health that I recommended he go to the crisis clinic and get evaluated for inpatient treatment. So I bought him. uh, I brought him and he's Mm -hmm. in the hospital now, but he doesn't seem to understand the situation. Did he get sent to this? He told the intake person we were breaking up for now. I feel awful and as though I have have and am hurting someone so much in the process of figuring out what I want and who I am. I guess I'm asking for reassurance that I am doing the right thing and that I should continue to be firm in setting boundaries with him. I don't. Okay.
4: Sounds like in you this, ubered someone to the psych ward, lady. Yeah,
5: who didn't want to go after you were like, hey, we're either breaking up or I'm fucking other people. Um, it is particularly hard because I know he internalizes a lot about his disability and sometimes thinks it has to do, uh, I think it has to do with that. I recognize it does add a different dynamic to our relationship in some ways, but it doesn't change the way I see him as a person. It's the mental health and behavior that is concerning, and I can no longer support him because it's hurting me to do so. That feels incredibly selfish. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. <clears throat> Thanks for doing the show; it's helped me a lot. I'm way behind right now, but I'm catching up. All right, Corinne. Okay, you always see the truth in situations where I'm like, "What the
4: fuck is happening?" This email is it, all about you. It's like, yeah, it's it, you just ever meet scary. someone so- who's like, "I'm so concerned about you, Christina." I'm like concerned about like, yeah, you met my mom. How I can't, um, <laughs> how I wake up in the morning and think about you. That's how exactly how I was I'm raised. obsessed with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you're right. You're like the the writer is writing as if. She is so overly concerned with her former partner, but really but, this email's all but, about you, girl, yeah, and
5: you did you, it doesn't seem unless you're leaving something out here that you're you're not being very kind to him it like you're 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 saying like oh, you know he's he's you know I want to be mindful of his own insecurities with his disabilities, but listen, but it, you're you're basically putting him in poly under duress,
4: yeah, the poly thing is not the main issue here, and the and the fact that you put it as the subject line of this email actually makes me worry about your mental health. Yeah, I, because yeah, the the issue here picture. is that she, she, the um her part her former partner uh has a lot of mental health health issues surrounding his cerebral cerebral palsy which Makes sense Um, I can only imagine Especially if people Are making fun of you Again Where 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 do you live On a school bus In uh, 1950 It's so fucking shit. weird Yeah People are um, shitbags And uh, sh- You be. should You should go Check out a comedian Named Josh Blue He has cerebral palsy oh, yeah. Very funny um, Oh and watch Crip Camp Holy shit
5: Oh, that one story about the two people who fell in love and they both had cerebral palsy is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard.
4: Um, And then also, uh, yeah, I mean, this is... I feel like you have your head up your own
5: ass so far up there that you're not really seeing what's happening,
4: yeah, you I can, think. You're, and you're also like, you're talking about him as if he is mentally disabled. Right. And he, he's by my understanding, he is only... F- physically disabled but you're talking about him as if he is like um less capable than you uh but you're like wearing it like a badge in a way and like
5: that's the impression i got it's a
4: little yeah well you have like a savior complex yeah there we go there we go i knew you'd freaking know what's happening in this email it's which (laughs) is it's so it's very strange Um, and he just seems to kind of go along with it. I'm guessing because he, you are, he loves you. He
5: seems like he loves you. I'm guessing
4: because you chose him as a partner. And sometimes when people aren't chosen as a partner by many people or feel like they are not wanted, anyone who chooses them, no matter how they are treated by that person in the long run, they will feel uh close to and they want to well, and he won't want to remain loyal to you like honestly this feels like like it's like a fucking abused dog at this point yeah who's like you're the only owner like you're talking about you don't like feel, like feeling owned it seems like you're treating ah. him like you own him so again like projecting right. um right. but there's a yeah I mean I'm I'm I know that you wrote this email being like yeah Wa- wanting us to hear like yeah girl go live your own truth and fuck whoever you want but i think you're the one in the in the wrong here um and this email is very strangely worded yeah um and i think you really need to you, you shouldn't be together but you shouldn't be together because he shouldn't be with you yeah. not because you shouldn't be with him <laughs> yeah so <Famous> yeah. man <laughs> yeah, yeah for real um and uh the poly thing I don't know what the fuck that is going on there. That seems like that was just some like weird, lame excuse you made up to not hurt his feelings when, I when you know. wanted to break up with him, whether or not you're probably that's your own journey. I don't actually care about it right now because I'm so concerned about the guy that you drove to a mental facility. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like stunned. Can you,
5: can you person who wrote this? If you're listening, I hope you are. Can you write us? I w- I want clarification. I don't understand exact is if unless there's something I'm not missing and this is an accurate read of the situation. But uh, right now, if you, you, you're coming off like my mom, and I'm getting triggered.
4: I mean, also, I mean, not not that this man doesn't have free will, um, because obviously, like, we have to treat him, you know, even though it, the email is written as if he is less than a whole person. Um and I don't think that was your intention, but that's how it's coming off. Yeah. Uh so I mean, first of all, he's in a he's in a weird mental state to begin with because of his his uh disability. Not even weird, just like that's been his whole life, his whole experience. Um, so it's tender, his mental health. Yeah. And then you feel trapped. Again, you feel trapped. He doesn't feel so you decide that you want to be poly after exploring that. He's so attached to you, he obviously doesn't have a lot of uh, self-confidence and has some issues surrounding being uh, a disabled person. Uh, And then you allow him to become poly under duress. And like, again, like, it's hard to say allow because he has free will, but it feels like in this relationship he doesn't, kind of. Yeah, and so, if that's why I'm saying allow. And if he was never interested in poly, he doesn't know the vernacular.
5: Like, he doesn't understand, like, what are the options? What are the rules? What are bound? Like, what does that even look like? I mean, you haven't... I th-
4: yeah, I a think... a model of it. New rule for this podcast, stop trying to convince your partners to be Polly. If they didn't think of it on their own, they don't want to do it. Yeah, okay? <laughs> that's the rule. That's the ground rule. Also, too, you guys, when you want to
5: you know, spice something up or change a dynamic in your relationship, like consider the idea of slowly incorporating it like into dirty talk first, like pitch that first and see how you both feel about it. And if there's anything to build on there, otherwise I feel like these, yeah, these big conversations like Do you? Yeah. If you don't know what you want, you gotta fucking
4: being poly is a big thing. That's why it's literally called a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice. Life is the entirety, the whole fucking thing. Yeah. It's not just deciding like being a comedian.
5: Like if you're you're fucking you're I mean, it's you know.
4: It's not, not deciding you're going to have three. It's not like deciding you're going to have some sometimes. It's a whole committed lifestyle with multiple people involved, which is wild because it's always the fucking people who couldn't master monogamy I know. who are then moving on to po- uh, polyamory. And that's what not the fuck help. are you doing? It's like you having, couldn't even handle one person. It's like having a baby to save a marriage. What? So this it's, is so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of you guys. Yeah. This, this is, is, is like very me common. saying I'm going to go poly. I can't even hang out with one person for six months. Like, are you out of your? mind? Are you out of your mind? Oh my
5: god. You yeah, people don't have the emotional capacity and just consider you might be running from something and ask yourself what is it? What, what is that thing
4: We're literally in the business of, I, I was funny I was talking about polyamory In a, in a, in a green room this weekend Because it's oh. always causing a problem mm-hmm. um, It is And I know the poly community gets on me And I know like For shit I wrote in the book Like uh, a lot of the book reviews Are just like poly people Who um, weren't getting fucked Because there's too many people In the relationship So they had time to write notes <laughs> um, uh, About book reviews On like bookreviews.com It's one of the benefits <laughs> All that extra time <laughs> <laughs> like That's what you do with it. Plant a tree. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it's like a fairy. Like it's, it's a fa- fantasy creature, that, yeah, the polyamorous relationship. But what I am saying is it's rare. It's like a four-leaf clover. You're yes. not going to find it a lot. And when you do, it's going to be stepped on and trampled and have dog doo-doo on it.
5: Uh-huh. And you're going to go, do I really want this? And you're just going to go, well, I said I did. So let's just stick with it.
4: Yeah. Again, like I know one person in my whole entire life who I've ever met on the podcast, off the podcast, who I truly feel is a polyamorous human being. Um, and he's constantly, he's a good partner to his primary partner, but I feel like also has heard her a lot through. <laughs> through. And I, too, only know one person. It's
5: this one Corinne knows. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talk about sex all the time. All of our friends and all of our comedian colleagues bring their weirdest sex problems and questions to us all the time truly i've that person you're talking about is the only person where i'm like oh yeah th- he is healthily balanced polly
4: and like you said even with that right. there's still you're
5: still going to fuck it up it's in so frustrating
4: because people sh- just have started using the word polyamorous so loosely yeah like anytime they their genitals call to them they're like I must be polyamorous <laughs> <laughs> no you're not you yeah. d- a well, don't like, like the person that you're dating <laughs> B want to fuck other people <laughs> three are a cheater I mean cheater. <laughs> like, you're a
5: cheater but I also imagine like the voices you're like you're in your head you're arriving at a fork in the road and to the left it's like right. you know what I need to interrogate myself and go oh why do I have these fears or hesitations or what's complicated about my feelings or I feel about this person and then the, to the right is just eh, maybe I'm Polly and then you just do that one and then you don't interrogate yourself so it, you gotta if, if you don't if you don't clean it up, it's going to come back to haunt you.
4: Yeah, so many people think going poly is easier than breaking up with someone. I think actually sitting and thinking about it, what happened here is you wanted to break up with someone, but he has cerebral palsy yeah, and he's depressed it about it. So instead, And you feel bad and you're like, I'm poly. <laughs> yeah, so instead of letting him go, you actually torturously are slowly ghosting him through polyamory. Do you, do you hear what she's saying? Do you think that's going to make him feel better? That's awful. I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think it is. You got to change your ways. Breaking up with someone... Hurts a lot. It sucks. Um, In some ways, I think it's worse than getting dumped um, Mm -hmm. because you have to like hurt someone, and you have to voice your really hate
6: them like unless you really are like fuck right. this I'm oh, done oh that's the best I, yeah cause you don't Yo, have to worry about it I know the worst oh, is the when best. you actually think that somebody's great and you're just not ready for yeah. a relationship and you just like or you just
4: not you don't like them enough or you just you've right. grown out of it or you, you like the love them, them but you're not in love with them that's right. a killer oh, oh, right? or you're, gonna, ha- yeah, you're gonna have
6: to see their face and you're gonna have to see them actually like start to tear up or whatever yeah, and, like yeah, actually yeah. hurt their feelings or yeah. worse you
4: think they really like you and then you dump them and then they're actually like great. not that hurt yeah. yeah when you dump somebody it, and they're great. relieved that blows that, is bad. that
5: blows <laughs> especially if you've prepped yourself to be like all right what am i gonna say i'm gonna I gotta be gentle. this person on monday gentle and they're like oh i'm glad we're on the same page she's like yeah oh, i'm just gonna go to kill myself
6: i always um. thought that that's what adult breakups were for a while what that, it, the, that eventually somebody just you just had this blowout fight where you were just like, fuck
4: you, I'm out of here. If you're in a hot relationship, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you have good sex. If you're having the sex. Yeah. That was the most jersey thing you ever said. Fuck what? you, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I thought it was just a lot of door slamming,
5: <laughs> pots on the floor. Yeah. And it's Dangling just, my chain with my fingers. It turns out it's a lot of quiet
6: conversations on a couch where you see the pain in someone's face. When yeah. You have to just be like, I'm so sorry.
5: Where are the tears and work? the
4: yelling and the passion? Yeah. So anticlimactic. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hey listeners, the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily I found quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Uh, listen, we all need like a white t-shirt and like a black bodysuit and that's what go to quince for that. Okay. I'm on the road a lot for work. And so I always need these kind of basic pieces in my suitcase. If you want some premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, uh, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more, you're going to head to Quince. Note, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. And I absolutely love that. I got some packing cubes and the aforementioned uh, white t-shirt and black bodysuit from Quince, and I really, really like them. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. High,
0: High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com.
5: Guys, this year has gone by so quickly. It's almost June, huh? What is something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? When life goes by so fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins. And I know we usually don't think of therapy as like, "Hey, this is the good stuff I've done." We mostly think of therapy as, "Mommy said this to me." I mean, that's how I think of therapy, uh, and that's a good thing to use it for too but it's also great to stock up your accomplishments you know and have a therapist mirror them back to you Ooh, that is said from somebody who's been to therapy guys i've been in therapy for years i cannot recommend it enough have you watched the television in for a second this year you're you should go to therapy if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online take a moment visit betterhelp.com guys today to get 10% off your first month, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, slash guys.
2: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate,
5: Guys, come see us live. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. I'm going to be headlining with Goobies March 24th to the 26th. London, UK, May 12th at the Leicester Square Theater and Dublin, Ireland, May 13th at the venue that I was going to put in and then I didn't. But go to my website, <laughs> Christina for tickets. And I have a solo podcast, The Voices in Our Heads. That is uh, the new episodes are only available on Patreon. So you're going to go to patreon.com slash Christina and sign up and I love you so much.
4: And Fort Collins, Colorado, Colorado, April 15th and 16th, four shows at the Comedy Fort. It looks like a fun part of town. I will be there. Get your tickets either in the link tree link in my Instagram bio at philanthropy gal or... The website for the comedy fort or corinnefisher.com. You have multiple places. Look at me updating my stuff. Ooh. And then without a country, man, if you want to learn about uh, Ukraine and Russia, but you also want some dick jokes, mm. listen mm-hmm. to without a country with me and Shane Smith uh, comes out Saturdays wherever you listen to podcasts, including full video on YouTube. We'll explain everything to you. Yeah, and then you'll go, really? They decided to kill uh, a lot of kids and ruin an entire nation neighborhoods for this and then you'll be sad but it'll be you'll comedy ha- you're a oh. country baby you'll have left along the way i mean it's like it's like a comedic political podcast but it's not like a, we're not doing slapstick yeah. well <laughs> and the
6: news is just a fucking nightmare so i mean, yeah.
5: what are you gonna do i don't have a tv you guys i wouldn't know
4: <laughs> yeah listen it was lighter when trump a, was president yeah
5: but... <laughs> those fun damn. days those yeah. fun four damn. years <laughs>
4: yeah damn <laughs> damn
5: mm. <laughs> uh, and if you haven't rated and reviewed Guys We Fucked on the iTunes uh, podcast app, please do so. Give us a give us a rating, whatever you want, and leave a comment. But I hope it's good because uh, that keeps us at the top of the charts and people are allowed to discover us. And we want that to happen. And uh, when you're subscribing to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash guys we without the you and fuck, which is also all of our social media, make sure you watch the Dumb Bitch Woo Woo Hour as well as our special day. So much content. Oh my gosh. can't even it's stop. It's like we love you or something. They, yeah
4: uh, i was looking for I, a list of topics that i wrote in my phone
5: um in i okay so something that i was thinking about that because I, I don't i'm saving my personal personal stuff for the, the luminary bonus episodes bonus. which if you're a subscriber then you'll know you get them twice a month um but uh the kim kardashian mm-hmm. like you gotta fucking work right yes. oh, and yes. then Jam- jamila is that how you say jamila, 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 jamila. Jamila, yeah. my best she oh she like fucking was rude like she uh, Jamila's always rude yeah she, well she was like it was a people magazine I guess <clears throat> on Instagram there's like Jamila Jamila was like you fuck what well, fuck I should have saved it hey,
4: she, I can't just, take anything the, Jamila says seriously yeah. though because she's also the one who has the I Wei Instagram account that I've talked about on multiple podcasts and obsessed with where she just takes people of fat pictures of fat people in bikinis and then she goes you're still brave. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Jamila. That's why I can't say Jamila. Jamila. I don't like Jamila. Wait, she Jamal. calls women brave?
6: She just does a lot of bullshit on the internet yeah. where it's just kinda... She's one
4: of the hottest people to ever exist on the yeah, planet. Yeah, she so she's so very hot. And then she posts. <laughs> she started this thing called I Way. sucks
5: when hot people say things I don't like. Yeah,
4: she used to be into <laughs> body positivity. Now she's into body neutrality because she realized it was ridiculous when you're, you know, a size two to be body positive. And right. Right. Can, we can fight about this all day. You guys oh. have a very strong stance <laughs> yeah. on this. Yeah. Um, and because because it's, it's always people who have never had weight problems who are like, just love your body. Right. Like, it's just like. Food I don't is get cool, it I love your body Why wouldn't you and, love it And just like Your body just is capable it, Of so crazy. much It's like What the fuck Are you talking about I mean if, your
5: body Is capable of a lot of things I mean I think it's cool To get nerdy about The science of your body If you find yourself Having like an eating disorder If you feel if you feel any certain wh- Neurotic way about your body
4: it's Seriously all co- It's all covering up The fact that we want to be hot And we're trying to Think of other reasons Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it'll distract <laughs> yourself From the neurotic thoughts Sure so that's if it's cool. distracting Yeah,
5: yeah in, Something to get you Out of that zone You know what I mean In
6: fairness though To our friend Jamila Who I Our friend in me, we share the same. Feelings. I don't know. But the her clapback. back. I, I just I'm very anti clapback culture. I think it's kind of like same. weird. But like, yeah, uh, what she had said to Kim Kardashian in regards to her, like people are just people just don't want to get up and work. It is fair. Her whole sentiment was that you lived a pretty privileged life. You kind of had an advantage to. uh uh you getting an early start on working. It's yeah. not you didn't you didn't you're not it's not like you started out working at a diner in New Jersey and you're right. just like like how all cool of a sudden a billionaire. Right, but <laughs> it's just I mean? so
4: it's she just is a, a soundbite. She really is a hard worker, I She's do believe.
5: She's a hard worker. And if you come from privilege, okay. It's what you do with that privilege. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was She's doing pretty good shit.
4: Yeah, like it was yeah, ton- yeah. I understand that it was tone-deaf and I understand like number I don't, but also working in this business, we know how people clip things. It's yeah. like, I didn't hear oh the whole God, interview. No one commenting it on it heard the whole interview. Oh yeah. And it's yeah, like, but, and they, and they also clipped that exact thing to
5: piss people off and to make people of go,
4: course. Oh, of course
5: she would say that she's a whore. Yeah, of course. And, <laughs> and furthermore,
4: it's, it, you know, I think a lot of us were kind of proving her, her right. Yeah. Cause we had all this time where we weren't working to comment on Twitter on the fact that she said people weren't working. And then also as Business owners who have hired people. Yeah. People don't. <laughs> they don't. They yeah. we, do.
5: Honestly, you know, we come across
4: people that we
5: let are, are, they just don't do the thing. And it's, I mean, and these are not, don't apply for
4: the job. These are not unpaid internships. These yeah. Are, Paid easy Paying. salary. Fucking. I have worked jobs. with a lot
6: of quote unquote producers that My don't know is, how to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. You just. You just. You know. We're all trying our best out here. Uh. And yeah. Oh. But oh. What the uh, the other thing I was gonna bring up is uh. So you know how like I'm a sucker for a toxic guy kind of um. <laughs> sure do. But like toxic women. Um. We were talking about one in particular uh over text um and. They're, they're like this, this chick who's kind of like notoriously just a toxic person. And, um, and she had commented on my Instagram oh. and I had this desire. I was like, who is this? And I
4: was like, I know who this yeah. is.
5: To, it's so funny. There's like this, I don't know, like a part of me, I guess that like clings to toxic people.
4: Oh I, no. Part of me wanted
5: to go like, all right, girl. Yeah. See you. See that. Like I wanted You're to. You're going to make
4: plans to hang out with her. No,
5: I'm not. But I want it. Like I, I almost like acted like that why i
6: don't know you're like attracted to her
5: no i'm not like i don't want to fuck her or anything but like it's this it's this puzzle piece it's it's an old part of me but it's so funny that i i
4: just noticed it i guess um i had this desire to like please her oh like yeah this this person's like a full-on bully (laughs) an adult (laughs) bully yeah
5: and i'm like wow that's so i mean I, i didn't but uh i thought that was interesting like that if you have a uh if you're kind of magnetized towards toxic people I mean it's a huge problem you got to work on but um it's just funny to observe like with men but also with women part of me wants to be like yeah girl <laughs> that's crazy besties okay see you <laughs> like the middle schooler in me that's still wounded oh my you know God. Yeah, that just wants to be loved and accepted energy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not alpha energy, right? Her, her, this girl's toxic alpha energy. I like was I like went to bow down to it, and then I was like, Christina Marie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, but I did put like a a lot of emojis in the comment, but whatever. But I thought that was funny. Yeah, Yeah.
4: (laughs) that is funny. (laughs) Um, and also, I mean, like it's just funny to me, like when we're you know we're Kim Kardashian, like she. There's also a part of me that thinks like that. Was purposely isolated, oh, like 100%. because because you know, Chris Jenner is always behind it, and then obviously, yeah, she knows like what the next day, her and Pete Davidson released their first Instagram official uh, pictures as a couple. Oh. So it's just like what they do is they it, the Kardashian um, template They're fucking genius, gaming man, the cycle, fan the flames, yeah. cause a problem, then give us all something to appease it, and it's hilarious. While all this is happening, I'm like constantly checking my email because I have a Skims order that I rush. <gasps> Ooh, cute! I hope you get it. I hope you get it. And I needed to come in,
5: <laughs> get that skin
4: thing, look, girl. But whatever. It's just like okay, like I, I like this um this culture of getting up in arms about a fucking soundbite that a celebrity said. I'm just over it. And like and and also it's like if we want to we just need to redirect our attention. It's right. like we're by talking about this constantly. We're just giving these people power. And I don't yes. care about talking right now because I fucking like the Kardashians. I'm talking. Um, uh, yeah. Try Be money smart.
5: But with your energy where you spend your own energy and what you put your energy towards. And if you put your energy towards like making comments about the Kardashians online and making like a screen name so you can make some shitty comments. Uh, I would say you're a bad spender.
4: Yeah, and I also, like, I don't even, like, particularly like people who grew up rich. They do have a certain, like, eh about them. (laughs) But, like, I also don't think think that if you grew, like, if you were born into a rich family that you should constantly have to fucking apologize for your existence. How how tiring.
6: Well, but there's a difference between somebody that is born into a a rich, wealthy family that sort of. Does something with it and is not constantly fighting for the attention of the public, which is right. what the Kardashians. But we're
4: giving do. it to her. I mean, they're not she's fighting constantly for it. giving us great product. I know, totally. Honestly, I mean,
6: listen, I, like,
5: she's a good business
4: lady. Her Biz- shit is good.
5: Yeah. Business,
6: the business aspect of the Kardashians aside, your to your to the the credit of your point that you just made, they are constantly they they survive off the lifeblood of I, the
5: shits that the has happened and, to that fucking family. Yeah. is like what the fuck. God spent a little more time on you guys, all of you. Like if
6: Kim did all
5: this
4: yeah, stuff, yeah, wasn't all rosy, and
6: was ju- and is not in the public eye, but she became a billionaire as a businesswoman, even with the advantage that she had. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any chance that she gets this type of backlash from people. Right. I, there's oh plenty, yeah, you know what you, I mean. You,
5: you get backlash from people when you when you kind of you know you ruffle feathers, and you ruffle feathers when you're being yourself, really. Right, and you and, and you're, you're just, not being
6: a generic piece of shit, and and you need to. You know be famous it's, yeah. it's like a part of what It's part of the Kardashian brand She's
4: very They're it's very not good It's rich famous. Yeah. It's
6: fame yeah. You know
4: That's a look They created a whole Fucking look And then also More importantly uh, WNBA star Brittany Griner guys Oh my yeah, god this She's is, this big. She's be- I don't know if
5: the, the, She had <laughs> marijuana Vape cartridges In her suitcase In Russia They're not even sure If that's even true Yeah too. I I, be- I was gonna say Yeah they probably Planted that shit Well the
4: thing is She's being detained In Russia And like the US Is basically working Now to get her out But this is like Like oh. go get her guys this is like a very serious situation. And so it just like uh, it just bothered. I mean, of course, there's always serious situations going on. And that does not mean that we're not allowed to talk about pop but culture. this is the one we're talking about now. But like I just I was like laughing to myself because everyone was uh, up in arms about fucking Kim Kardashian's aside in fucking variety. And meanwhile, there's a whole ass person, uh, a Being star, a an athlete, a woman of color. It's because it, it's the same fucking people who are so mad about Kim Kardashian uh, telling you to work. Who are the who are who are also the people who are constantly sharing like this many women of color went missing. But it's like, well, OK, so, where's, so this is what's happening right now. Yeah, it's happening right now. So wait, what can we do? Fucking talk about it is yeah. number, number one. Also,
6: member of the LGBT community.
4: Oh, thank you, Mike. Mm -hmm. I think WNBA kind of said that, but...
6: (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to put it out there. Thanks
4: for specifying. (laughs) No, I I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that. Everyone in the WNBA isn't gay, Chad. I wish. Yeah. Way more fun. But it's like, you know, if you want to be, if we want to be, I just like don't like that everyone's like getting on their high horse, but then getting on their high horse to talk about something that just is not fucking important. Let Kim Kardashian Kardashian say whatever the fuck she wants to say. And if we just stop giving her attention, if you're so mad at her about it, right, exactly, then it'll go away. Yeah. You're
5: feeding it. It's you. That's like (laughs) following somebody on Instagram and commenting on a picture you don't like going, I don't like this unfollow
4: yeah it drives unfollow. me crazy
5: follow it's free to do that you just press your press the button i
4: also I, I also thought it was an especially bad time to come down on her when she is being emotionally abused by kanye yeah, yeah. um i'm sorry yay and doesn't yeah. have uh and doesn't have the full support uh of people like if you read her if you read her twitter replies it's mostly people like Calling her a whore, and you know people who think that she shouldn't be allowed to wear a bikini because she's a mom. Yeah, like what? Yeah, this is like so. This is like this is like you know old school slut shaming happening here. And I think there's just like a lot more important things um, to to worry about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Is it, it's yay right when because he changes? Yeah. It's not yay. I, mm-hmm. Oh it's, it's yay. yay. It's right, yay. that's yay. what I said because you no, know, on on Without a Country, Shane was like, Well, it's Yeezy, so wouldn't it be Y and I was like, Well, no, it's Kanye. Kanye, so it has to be Yay. But then I heard him, he was at a Lakers game and they announced him um over the speaker and the, the guy, the announcer said yay. So I was like, okay, I think yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this proves me correct. Yeah, it's Kanye. Okay. Um All right. Guys, our guest. woo,
5: pop culture. Uh, our guest is a Canadian television personality and a podcast host. Her podcast is Off the Vine, which Karen and I were just on. It was so much fun. Yes. She's best known as a contestant on the 19th season of The Bachelor and as the The Bachelorette for season, season 11 in 2015. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Caitlin Bristow. i let... my damn damn okay. I'll get the my no, no man's no, no. help. Stretch, marks.
4: my body counts. You cannot handle my orgasms. Revolutionary, extraordinary <laughs> scandal, bitch. Take yourself, pieces. my foreplay. When I show up like. at the soiree, they want to taste this ass, because my shit is gourmet. Strong, sexy, sad. Be drunk on judgment day. The only man I'm swallowing is Jackie okay. Jose. Okay. I stay feminine and masculine. No masculine is like. shrooms. You can call me. Remind myself to love myself Cause baby, that's what I do Yo, diamonds, sparkles, tools, oh, I break all the rules, ho oh. Acting ho-ish till I'm 80 Fuck inside a new Mercedes Clip my hair and they obey me Pussy juice the G-O-A-T Sheets in streets, I say, oh, lady Cover my nipples with pasties. Man, my leech on them like babies Milk ain't free, you gotta pay me
2: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is.
6: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it...
2: Boy meets World House. Take a listen.
6: We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yes.
6: how <gasps> lucky we were! Yeah. to have
1: you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic Five. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
5: We are here with Caitlin Bristow. We're so excited to interview you. Um, you were a Bachelorette. Yes. <laughs> what in the er, what year were
7: you a Bachelorette? So this was 2015.
5: It, it, that show is a is a is a is is a part of pop culture. It's a part of like the like dating. It's just there's so much about that show that speaks to like the culture of now uh and and that time. I remember when the Bachelor uh the Bachelor first came on. Um and I was like, "Wait, this is what it's going to be like when I grow up and start dating hunks." Um <laughs> I was very excited to watch it. Um what what um you mentioned because we were talking on your podcast earlier that you were very protected in your upbringing? Yes. What do you like how paint us a picture like in what ways?
7: So I grew up in a very small town in Alberta in Canada, Mm -hmm. and it was just like one of those small little happy towns where we were like stoked when we got a Walmart. And there's only, you know, like, I think when I lived there, there was like 15,000 people. Uh, and, I just had a really good childhood where my parents were happy and I was in dance lessons and skating lessons and I had good friends and our cousins and aunts and uncles, everyone was so close. And we'd go skating on ponds and play hockey and go to hockey games. We just, we just had like a really, really sweet upbringing. Um, and I felt like if anything ever went wrong, my parents would want to fix it before it, made us worried or, you know, they just wanted us to always be happy, which later in life, they ended up getting a divorce when I was 18 years old, Mm. uh, which is a lot later in life than most people I feel like. And, uh, I started just like not being able to cope with anything bad happening, whether that was like, I remember our dog dying or, um, even just like, if I was in a relationship, I all of a sudden was so scared of any relationship, anything bad that could possibly go wrong. And then my anxiety started where I started thinking about what if people die? And I started spiraling because I never had to think about those things. And I lost one of my best friends when I was 19 and it just, Oh my gosh. So
5: that was, Oh, that was back to back.
7: Holy. Yes. So it was just, uh, and I still just like, I did not cope with things. It took me all through my twenties to work through therapy on coping with anything. And my, dark thoughts.
4: Right. Yeah. Do you think that your parents were actually as happy as it looked? I mean, obviously not later, (laughs) but yeah. Like, like, did you ever talk to them about like why they kept things so hidden from you?
7: Yes. So I've talked to both of them about it. My, I always call my dad. He's just like one of my heroes. He is how I would want to live. My life is like my dad. He is Uh, 30 years sober. He still attends AA meetings. He's a mentor. He's just so humble and patient and kind and caring. And so is my mom's an incredible human being. She's so spunky and fun. And she was the best mom. And I think they really just prioritized us as kids. Right. Um, I don't really necessarily remember big blowups happening, but if my parents argued, they would have a family meeting. We'd all sit down and talk about our feelings. Holy crap. Yes. That's so healthy as hell. It was. Even their divorce was like pretty healthy for what it was. But I knew like by the, you know, once you get older and you see your parents' relationship, I'm like, I knew they weren't in love. I yeah. knew they weren't like, you know, they just seemed like good friends who got in small arguments that d- there's no affection between them. And it just felt like when they told us they were getting a divorce, we were like not surprised uh, mm. around the age of, I don't know what, age I was it was the third grade they tried to separate and that's when it was really confusing because I was like wait what uh I was so young but they got back together like pretty quickly and oh, everything seemed right so I yeah it's, oh. it's very bizarre because it was I just felt very like protected that I knew nothing bad would happen to me because my parents would take care of it Mm-hmm. Right?
5: Did you yeah. get? Oh, sorry. No, I was
4: gonna say I was like I, I think that's like so, sometimes we because I also had a nice childhood. It's see, I it, it wasn't like as uh, as happy as and Canadian and as yours, as okay. yours but <laughs> it was totally it was very happy and healthy. And I think um and even like you seem like you were doing it now, like almost like you're like like something was wrong that you don't know how to handle bad things. But like I, I truly believe our childhood is how it's supposed to go. Like you should right. feel like your parents should yes. protect you from anything. Like that's what the whole point of it should be it's not like okay. oh your your parents should clean up your messes for you right. or right. like if you can just do whatever you want run amok and your parents will take care of everything but yeah. like yeah overall like throughout childhood you should feel protected and like your parents have your back and I think so yeah. many people don't feel that way and then a lot of us like grow up and like the few people who had nice childhood to feel like I, I always feel like I'm almost like apologizing for it and it's like <laughs> I'm not apologizing for You're it because right. be- believe me adulthood is as you described a fucking slap in the face when you had a nice childhood so it's like brutal (laughs) Um, it's
7: true it makes me think like how to be a parent because yeah i i wouldn't change anything from my childhood it was like so magical and happy and i have the fondest memories of upbringing and all of that but then how do you because i would like to have kids eventually and then i'm like how do i protect them and make them feel safe and loved with also having them get like doses of reality and not feel pain i don't know it's confusing
5: yeah, I, I think, think yeah, being like, born is traumatic. Yeah. you like just, you know, being born is is a trauma in and of itself. Just just yeah. and because like either way, however your childhood went, you're still the real world is can be can be scary. It can be great. It can be all sorts of things. And so yep. you might find yourself in a place where you're like, oh, I don't know how to handle this. Right. And then and then you learn.
4: I think you could also use art. Like, I think my mom used a lot like art and uh, history as a way to expose me to not such idealistic childhoods huh. um or experiences that's and that's a way to do it without actually like damaging the kids it's right. like you're not gonna like bring them to like a gun like a gun, a shootout <laughs> and be like here <laughs> make your way right home you know yeah. but yeah. you do you're absolutely right you do need to expose people because i you know yes. we've all met people who like i met people in college who just like Hadn't ever met anyone outside their race or religion. Just right. like ha- didn't know anything other than their own existence. Right, and that's also dangerous yeah. and c- kind of just annoying at a certain yeah. point. You're like you're 21. Right. Okay, relax. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there's there's a way to toe the line and have your kids feel safe and loved and supported, but also understand that everyone doesn't have it like that. Did you say and your then,
7: parents showed you through art?
4: Yeah, like yeah, through art. I think movies, I love that documentaries. Like I knew what was going on. I just knew it on a larger level. So I didn't so much think like, oh, my neighbors are going through this. I mean, I did actually have a, <laughs> an alcoholic neighbor who things weren't going well there. And I did know about that. So I knew I knew that I had had it good, but I didn't know that so many people were having like traumatic experiences within right. the home. I knew more about right. it like through like celebrities who were, you know, like Ike and Tina or something. Right, right. <laughs> you know? right. Well, and I mean, I,
7: I think back of certain... Things things that like now I see were traumatic like uh certain ways that my mom's relationship with food and how that affected me but in mm. my childhood I didn't realize that until later in my life
5: sure yeah, yeah, yeah. you put the pieces together yeah. and you you also mentioned that you went you went through a major breakup before you went on the bachelor you were you yeah. were what how how was that in a very
7: very dark place this person and i still i actually speak very highly of him because he truly did nothing wrong so uh i really wanted to be a dancer when i was little and my mom was a professional ballerina and i wanted to follow Mm. in her footsteps she owned a dance studio i danced my whole life i didn't go to college because i was trying to audition and i uh, was part of a dance company and i'd moved out to vancouver to dance And I kept trying to go to all these auditions. And I met this guy when I was about 25 and um, he was a hockey player Mm. and Canadians love their hockey players. And (laughs) And I was so in love with him. Probably it wasn't a healthy love, but I thought he was my end all be all. And I I loved him just so deeply, and I was willing to, you know, move to wherever he needed me to move to to follow his career, and I totally gave up on my dream and like mm. my what I was doing, and I was okay with it in that first moment because I was like, I I just I have to be with him, and so we lived in Winnipeg and Newfoundland, mm. and then we wow. went out to Germany and he played hockey there, and when I got to Germany, I'm at this point a shell of myself because I'm you realizing, mean. okay, I haven't worked in a couple of years, which I thought would be amazing, but I hated it. I had no friends. Um, I was on a nine hour time change from where my friends and family were. Mm. I couldn't speak the language. We were in an area that definitely was not like touristy enough for people to speak English. Um, and I would go to the grocery store and I would just sit on the floor and cry, trying to read what like something was. Cause I loved cooking. And I was like, maybe I can just like cook. And I couldn't even find things with the ingredients and yeah. Google, like it wasn't as big as it is now. Like I didn't even have data on a phone that I could like, it was just terrible. And I, he was gone a lot, you know, cause he was on the road playing hockey and the German wives were like kind of clicky and they didn't, I I just couldn't hang with them. And it was awful. And I just started realizing like, I'm doing nothing to fulfill myself. I have nothing. I am emotionally, financially, in every way, relying on this one person who now he's feeling the burden of this. He sees how unhappy he is. Mm. uh, I am. He's also trying to process himself that he's had to lose his own dream of being in the NHL, which he he had gotten there and then had been sent down. So he's trying to process his own like feelings about, Disappointment and feeling. And how could you comfort him
5: during that if you are also in that place that you were in?
7: Exactly. And I just was, uh, I truly felt like a child. I would cry every day. I would throw tantrums. I was like 98 pounds. I couldn't eat. I was just so depressed. Yeah. And it got to a point where we went back to Vancouver, which is where we lived in the summers. And I completely had a meltdown. Like it was scary. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go. take some time like take the night you stay here and in the morning i was like when are you coming back and he's like i'm i'm not coming back you have to leave like i, I can't do this wow. with you and i was like i have nowhere to go i'm like i don't have a dollar to my name i haven't worked in years i don't have a place to stay like i don't know where to go and i had to move back in with my parents at the age of like 28 wow. and go get, on a- I went on antidepressants. Um, I was prescripted, uh, prescribed Valium because I was definitely feeling suicidal. I was, yeah. I felt like I had nothing, which of course we're all dramatic in a heartbreak, but it really did feel like a loss that I didn't know how to handle. Of course, my coping skills, not great. And so, yeah, I ended up being addicted to Valium and I was, I would just lay on a couch. My mom would come up with YouTube videos of like like a hypnotist, like you're going to be okay. And I would just lay there and I would try and eat something. And then I would just lay down. I was just a shell of myself. And until I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore.
5: Right. Did you know when you were with him and you were having like temper transforms and you were depressed, did you know why? No. Mm.
7: I, I mean, maybe I knew because I like, I think I knew like I'm supposed to be doing something with my life. Like I would try so hard to make like stupid YouTube videos or try and
5: like make a funny thing. And, and you're like, this isn't it. This is yeah, it. When, you're, when you're neglecting your own needs. It, it will, it yeah. will ruin your life until you stop. Like it, I as somebody who's done that so many times. Like it's, and you're like, for me, it took me so long to realize that that's why I was upset and depressed. Cause yeah. like, I didn't even understand that I was doing that. Um, and so once you figure yeah. that out, you're like, oh, there's another path. Okay. Whew.
7: Yes. Yeah. And I th- I was like, there's no way I'm getting back. Like, I didn't want to go start working at a restaurant again and start yeah. from the bottom. And like, I, you know, when people are 28 and they think I'm so old now, like what am I, I, I supposed to go back to a restaurant? <laughs> right. I would just so stupid, but I went back <laughs> into the restaurant biz and started to work my way up. And I was, and then I found myself again. Cause I was like, I was working hard. I was working my way up in the restaurant biz. I wanted to learn about wine. I got trained under a sommelier. I got to train servers. I got to train bartenders to help open restaurants around Canada. And I was starting to like finally come back, but it took me a good year and a half of just being a shell
5: of myself. Mm, Wow. And then, and then, and then how, what happened after
4: that? Is that when you were On television? Yeah. When did you, how did you get picked to be on TV? Yeah. I'm so interested in this process. It's like, we're not like super bachelor, bachelorette people, but like, so we know how huge it is. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. And so we want to (laughs) know.
7: Yeah. So my girlfriend, uh, I think I too had a similar dream where I was like, I need to be like a name and I need to have (laughs) some sort of like platform. And I didn't know what that looked like. And my girlfriend was like, you know, you've gone through all of this heartbreak and, you're finally getting yourself back. She's like, I think you should try and go on the bachelor.
0: And Ah. I was
7: like, they're not, they don't take Canadians. And she was like, no, actually they do. They, they take Canadians. I think you only (laughs) won a season. And I was like, Oh my gosh,
5: (laughs) one Canadian (laughs)
7: person, one Canadian per season. And so I, she, she sent in like all this paperwork for me. And I was kind of like a, I was kind of a rebel, like in my twenties. And she, I remember her calling me with my sister and they are like, have you been arrested before they're filling out the paperwork? And I was like, no. And they're like, really And I was like, <laughs> That's weird. Right. Yeah, and so they kind of just filled out all this paperwork for me and sent in photos. And then, uh, I got a call a year after we had sent in my info and they called me and there were like verbatim words were, Hey, Caitlin, it's Stacy calling from casting with ABC, the bachelor wondering, um, are you single? <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah yeah and wow. i was like loosely dating a guy at the restaurant and i was like yeah fully single yep. 100%, 100%, <laughs> yeah 100 100 i was no say, one in my life.
4: like honestly i would have to be head over heels in love with someone i would be like yeah actually i'm single as of today yep. As yeah, of yeah, yeah, right call. now yeah yep <laughs> uh that's amazing what uh, what was the process like to be
5: to to go from that first phone call to be like you're gonna be in the show so it's
7: so different for a lot of people because i know girls who have gone to audition like after audition and they go to casting calls and they go through a process where uh they just
5: called me and then i flew out to la and they were kind of like yeah we're gonna have you on the show and i was like oh did they tell you what you can and cannot do because i know we at reality tv as we all know is very produced it's very not reality. oh my gosh um and so was there
4: uh, I'm, I'm interested like did you experience like slut shaming or like oh whoa. I know you said when you left you you experienced a lot or, or like after the show you experienced a lot because you slept with someone
7: yes yeah, so I experienced <laughs> a lot of manipulation on that show uh, um, at the hands of the producers yeah oh it was so yeah. bad even the producers to this day will be like you know like We we really learned a lot from that season because they saw that I went into, again, very dark place from what had happened on that show. But Mm. basically, I fell in love like night one with somebody. Really? Yeah. With the
5: the bachelor guy?
7: No. So this so I was. Oh, okay. wait, maybe I'm going forward too fast. I was on The Bachelor and then. I was always the girl that like, I was like, I'm not going to cry over this guy that I don't know. Like this (laughs) is so stupid. And I was like, just trying to like chirp the girls behind, like in the, like I was trying to have funny one-liners, but they all knew that's (laughs) what I was doing. Like I would say it to their face and like, they'd be like, Hey, uh, what do you think about Ashley? I, and I'd be like, Oh yeah. Like I hope she gets her period in a shark tank. Like I can't stand her. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I would just try and like, you know, cause I didn't think I was going to be there long so I was like I'm gonna make an impact
4: and I'm just gonna yeah. be
7: myself and like I came out of the limo you know all the, all the girls have like a limo entrance oh yeah so the guy that I was coming out for the bachelor he was a farmer and huh? so I come, uh, yeah he was a, a farmer, farmer from Iowa and um, really yeah was not hot and uh, oh. I walk up to him and I said like I don't know anything about you I just know your name is Chris and I know you're a farmer and I was like so you can plow the fuck out of my field any day yeah <laughs> fun as shit. And he was like, huh? And
4: I was like, oh, (laughs) Oh, loser. (laughs) Yeah, that's not how you you talk to an Iowa boy. It's so funny, though.
7: I said to him, I'm like, if you don't think that's funny, like, we're not going to get along because this is my sense of humor. (laughs) And he, and I ended up going into like the final three and he dumped me in Bali.
4: (laughs) And it was honestly, of all the places to get dumped. Yeah, that's pretty good. Did you bone that guy?
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, I was good in bed. Iowa Iowa farmer. Good in bed? That sounds very good in bed. You know what? It was actually...
7: The unfortunate part was we were so tired and it had been like (laughs) no sleep. We had traveled for two days to get to Bali. And like he had been getting no sleep. Cause as the bachelor bachelor, you literally get no sleep. So, yeah. um, it wasn't very exciting. And then we were both like snoring within 30 minutes and it was like, wow. actually just a nice night of sleep, if anything.
4: <laughs> Good <for you> guys. <laughs> yeah.
7: But yeah, then he dumped me and it was so funny because I was, I had to be in this outfit and my hair had to be in a bun. Cause we were in a temple in Bali and I was so cocky. I was like, I can't believe he's sending Becca home. Like, clearly I'm meeting his family. And so when he didn't call my name, I was like,
5: (laughs) you son of a bitch.
7: (laughs) Yeah. And then they made me the bachelorette. And that's when I was felt like extremely manipulated because Uh I have not been on television. I have not, you know, I don't know how reality TV works. And I thought the producers were my friends.
5: (laughs) Right, right. That's that's what they want you to think. Oh, so you fell in love with a guy right away when you were the bachelorette oh, yes. that's got to be way more fun because there's all these hot dudes wanting to bone or get to know you. I'd be wet 100%, Wait, 100% of the time. Can we just
4: tie up yeah. the bachelor real quick because I have a question. So like, okay, were do you, were you mad that you got dumped because you wanted to win or because you actually ended up caring about the guy?
7: Um, a little bit of both, but okay. deep down, that I think I didn't win because once okay. I once I was removed from it, I was like, oh wait, that was not my guy. <laughs> like, why <laughs> okay. was I so upset about that?
5: But okay, in you're moment, wearing bachelor was, goggles. Yeah,
7: in the moment I was like, but I love him. And then I'll never forget the therapist for the show came up to me to check on me, and I was crying, <laughs> and she was like, why are you crying? And I was like. Whoa. Rude. He, he dumped me. And she goes, Caitlin, he would have bored you to tears. You are meant to do way bigger things than live on a farm in Iowa. This is not your guy. And I was like, nice. oh shit. That was the first time somebody had been real with me in like two months of filming. And wow. yeah. So then I went on to be a bachelorette and that's yeah. when it was, it was fun, of course, because Thirty men wanting to like date you and you know yeah and oh my, and they're all I'm assuming mostly hot so attractive but Oof. my season was fucked because they made two girls the bachelorette and the men had to choose and I quote Chris Harrison
5: on this what? one who will be the better wife oh what a
4: cunt that's some that's some crazy behavior I would have slapped the shit out of what the fuck? Fuck See, That's 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 kind of why I stay away from the show Because of stuff like that It, it just compete. feels a little Archaic to me uh, it, like, Especially when we're Doing a show Where we're we, We've just progressed, progressed So far yes. From that lifestyle And it's like So much more traditional Than I would ever Live my life yes. But I am still Fascinated by it Because I'm fascinated By uh, people's want To live their lives In public Our obsession With other people's Relationships yeah, Reality right. TV in general yeah. Like it's cr- And also the fact That they picked you To be the bachelorette Means that you are Obviously The most interesting person on the show—that's what that means. (laughs) They
7: they never ever have picked a bachelorette that's like you know I've got tattoos and I'm like not like your all American sweetheart. I'm not the girl, right? And I feel like they usually had gone with that, and that's what the girl was compared to me. And I was like, well, you know what? I said no at first. I was like, I'm not doing this, and then
4: i thought about it and i'm like then they wanted you more caitlin yeah that was in Hollywood,
7: thousand percent which helped my negotiation skills with the, <laughs> the contract but yeah. i was like look if these guys like they cast the guys for who they want to be the bachelorette so i i just told myself if these guys are all like she was quite uh quite religious and very like you know she was just completely different from me and so yeah. i was like if all these guys are here for her i don't want to meet them, anyways, like they're not going right. to be my kind of guys, anyways. So I went, and as soon as I sat down with like ten of them, I'm like, oh, they're here for me. These are these guys are here for me.
4: And then Shit. I became a bachelorette. Someone like rides in on a motorcycle. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, <laughs> a couple <laughs> hockey players. Yeah. Ooh,
5: I, love I What of the bell of the ball? I mean, <laughs> I, I when I hang out with like three guy friends that are attractive, I'm like, I am the prettiest woman in the world. Like I, I can't know. imagine. Um, it really and does you fell on a pedestal. Like, <laughs>
2: If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better, your TV
3: is. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired, inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcast.
6: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it... Boy Meets World House! Take a listen. how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys.
1: This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
5: That one that that was the time that you fell in love with somebody right away. Yeah. Yeah. It was ha. N- now
7: looking back to I'm I can see that he the reason i fell so hard from him for him right away was that he looked like my ex that one that i told oh, you about where I,
5: oh the are ger- in germany and i
7: think wow. that's i was like oh my gosh it's 2.0 um but then Wait, i really did the did, producers
4: have information on who he used to date oh for sure I'm, oh so oh, they did this on purpose thoughts? okay I, okay but they also your
7: but also this guy's like perfect bachelor mm. like material like I feel like he would have been picked regardless, but, um, yeah, he was like, and then I did fall in love with who he was through the season and that's who I ended up getting engaged to, but
5: oh okay oh okay yeah did you like how many of them did you have feelings for
7: well okay you know how it sounds so fun at first where you're like oh my gosh I get to just date all these guys guys are more dramatic than girls and there was so much freaking shut up drama going on in the house that i was like so unattracted surprised. to so many of them Ew. by like week three i was like oh like why they all got weird um <laughs> in so what way? there was three i actually like really liked um mm. and by the end I was pretty sh- like I was actually 100 percent sure who I was going to pick, but I still really did care for these two guys. Where I'm like, it's so weird because if this guy wasn't here, I would have to pick one of them. Like it's so weird to
5: think right.
4: that. way. <laughs> yeah. Um,
5: but yeah, I really liked three of them. How many of them did you fuck? Three. Nice.
4: Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Did
5: you do uh, stuff with other guys? Like fingering or like you know something out like some like cup the boob or something or i'm
7: trying to this feels like so long ago but it's funny because in the fantasy series like sex is important to me in a relationship it yeah if i'm going to marry you and get engaged to you on this show like intimacy and having sex is going to be important to me and when you're given the opportunity to you know take the relationships as far as you possibly can to see because like I was so set on Sean, but what if something intimate with Ben changed everything? And then we had this True. like beautiful chemistry and I'm like, whoa. Uh, so I, I was like, probably making excuses for myself, but also I'm like justifying it because I'm like, well, why wouldn't I take, I know that every yeah. man would do that. Any woman who is open, oh yeah, it's
4: like Goldilocks. It. And yeah. so you're getting served hot guys on a platter. Fuck them all, Caitlin. Yeah, exactly. you're <laughs> a bad bitch and fuck those guys. <laughs> I, I am, good did, for you. and I. This is it an was, incredible opportunity.
5: <laughs> if you didn't <laughs> yeah. fuck them, I'd be like Caitlin. What the fuck?
4: <laughs> and I mean, this is it's a great safe.
5: opportunity.
7: You have to have uh, STD checks before you go in there.
5: Oh, yeah, it's
7: great, amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now uh, are there cameras in those suites or no? No, no. Good. There's okay, good. there's not cameras that's the so the fantasy suites is when you get to have a full night with somebody with no cameras or nice. anything Good. but what happened to me was usually in the morning they'll just like the producers they'll pick you up and then you'll go do an interview but on my season <laughs> they started bringing the cameras to the fantasy suites in the morning to see like what's their Ew. energy in the morning after oh. all of this and oh. they ended up taking noises <laughs> from my morning sex and like dubbing, it over another part of the oh, show God. and that's when you i got can't trust any of these people
5: and, oh. No. Oh. Yeah. so yeah so so you got slut shamed by women watching the bachelorette it's
4: okay so cra- oh, you're on a hilarious. show where they're literally meeting you in captivity to yes. borrow from yes. esther esther perel's book and yeah. like what, exactly. what do they expect to happen you're human beings well as
5: everyone's projecting anybody who does that shit on the internet anybody who takes it oh, yeah. down on the internet is fucking projecting that's so, so crazy. i'm like, uh, but what what did it look like? Like, how did it seep into your life? And then how how did it make you feel? How'd you handle it?
7: Well, I, it was a roller coaster because sometimes I thought it was funny. And I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this <laughs> right. is, these people are nuts. Like, this is so yeah. funny. And then it got to a point where it was affecting my relationship where he was mm. like, yeah, why did you sleep with other people? Oh. And then that, oh, having all that. the voices affect him then affected me, but- yeah. Uh, yeah. So if if you ever are bored and have like three minutes, you should YouTube Chris Harrison reading out mean tweets to me on the live show because he took it. He,
5: he, was such a friend of women. (laughs) Yeah.
7: (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. He goes, I'm going to read some of these tweets just so people can like get the point of what you're reading every day. And there was like women being like uh you belong in a dumpster you are a whore Mm. um shut your poor legs you're disgusting (laughs) i refuse for my daughter to watch you do anything and
5: oh that poor daughter oh Uh, god
7: (laughs) exactly exactly what i thought and so he read all these and people are like holy crap and yeah i got that all the time um but it's funny because it's like such a gray area of like what is accepted, what's not. Oh, you know that that happens in the fantasy suite, but because you think I did it before that, well, then now I'm a slut. It's so bizarre to me. So I really actually handled it pretty well until it affected my partner so much that he was starting to shame me for it. And oh, hell no. What that says something about their partner? Hell oh, no. I got shamed for years. And so. Was, By that guy? Yeah. What a little bitch. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the shame just never ended. And that's why we ended because he was never able to get over it. And thank yeah. God that that ended because yeah. I like have the most supportive and accepting human being in my life now where I'm like, how did I do that for three and a half years of feeling shame around be-? like that was it. It was his choice to pick me, too. You know, I picked him as a partner on the show, but he had the choice to pick me as well, knowing what had happened. Absolutely
5: right, right. and oh. he let his ego get the best of him, and he yeah. was being yeah a coward. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's good though. So, so I imagine when you break up with somebody that you publicly were engaged to on a TV show about that exact subject, the whole thing you got to fucking deal <laughs> with everybody's fucking reaction. Oh my and then god! You got to ask. You got to people go. Why did you happen? And you're like, oh, you got to repeat the same fucking story a million times. Yeah, I mean, it's that's why I was happy to have a podcast because
7: I almost, like, mm. I almost wanted to interview him like as if you two would have done and with your ex but i was like we have both such different views on why
4: this ended um mm. and yep. his is yours you're a whore and yours <laughs> is that he's not sh- supporting you and shaming you exactly. for things that are not your problem that's your exactly reason right. is because he said you're a whore yeah. but yeah the podcasting allows you to clear the air I imagine yeah it, right?
7: it, it was able because you know media is you know mm. they're gonna try and have a voice for you and they're gonna write articles and headlines and a lot of them were actually correct in their you know what they oh, were nice. saying but at the end of the day I wanted to say it on my podcast. And I wasn't like, I actually protected him a lot in it because I was like, look at the end of the day, I don't need this to be messier than it already is. Like I know what happened. And if I, I knew I had to speak about it because I had shared that part of myself with the world and that's how they knew who I was. And they were so invested in my relationship that I thought it was fair enough that I had to at least share like what had, pretty much happened um, yeah. without making it even messier than it was so it was yeah i hated putting out that fucking statement like we remain friends and blah blah, yeah. blah i don't even know what it said but i was
5: like yeah it's all bullshit it's all to, <laughs> to appease people yeah. and, and appeal to this fake fucking th- they don't even give a shit it's like yeah people people have no fucking life man no. oh my god no so it's how crazy. did you
4: then move on to meet the person that you are engaged to now.
7: So what's interesting is I was trying to process uh, the breakup for the year, for a year while, cause I knew it wasn't going to work. Um, so in that last year, I was like trying to travel. I went and spent time with family and I just was like giving it space and trying to like mm. almost wean myself off the relationship because I knew yeah. it was ending. Um, yeah. So I feel like I had, I had already accepted the breakup fully and like almost grieved it a little bit by the time it was over. And,
5: mm-hmm.
7: and like, uh, of course it's been so much time now that I, I truly don't, I, I genuinely actually don't give a just fuck. doing well. Cause I don't care. Oh, um, right. Then they're the best, but w- it's the best, but when it was happening, I, it had gotten so nasty and the way he spoke to me and everything, I was like so confident in it being done that I had like, it felt like, um, like weight was just lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, Oh my God, I did not realize how unhappy and like Mm -hmm. shameful I was feeling until it was just, I was free of it. And so I met Jason pretty quick after I, I didn't want to date anybody from the bachelor world. I was like, Oh fuck that. I'm not. And so in my podcast, I always interview bachelor people and I was visiting a friend in Seattle to visit her and her family, and I was like, "Oh, who lives in Seattle from Bachelor World? I could podcast with." And Jason had just come off the season, and when I got to the podcast um, studio, I had been yelled at on the phone for going to podcast with a bachelor guy so shortly after a breakup, and so I was, what by your ex? Yeah, and so I was crying, and I remember the Uber driver turning around to me and saying don't ever let anybody talk to you like that. And I started bawling and I went inside and then Jason comes in and Jason is like, Mr. Happy, go lucky, positive energy. Like sometimes I'm like, you can't always be here. It's not fair. And so he (laughs) came in and he was, we had this little talk and I was like, I'm going through it. Like, I'm really going through it. I hope I can like do this podcast justice for you, but I'm going to turn the beat around. Like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) And we had the best conversation and I was like, you remind me of home, like a Canadian. And it was just like really sweet. But I walked away from it thinking that guy needs to be the bachelor. And he walked away from it saying that girl needs to be my girlfriend. Like, Aww. And so we ended up talking for a while as friends. He actually helped me with finance. He was, he was a, um, VP of a bank in Seattle and. Oh shit. Uh, so he helped me with like financial stuff and I was trying to help him navigate um, social media world after coming to the show. and then we just st- didn't stop talking and he d- he tried to take <sighs> me he sent me a picture of a girl and he was like this girl wants to take me on a date should I go and I was like no. that's
5: yeah <laughs> yep that's always how that's how I seal the deal all the time I'm like this guy and I are kind of seeing each other and I don't know should I tell him I'm seeing someone or yeah 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 totally yeah. so that was nice. and then it was
7: just game over from there and now we're engaged <laughs> And he's a nice person. Oh, he literally the nicest person it, within five seconds of talking to him. You're like, oh, uh, like they don't make him like him anymore. Like he he's like he is a sweetheart. Um, He's just it's so funny. His mom, his family's incredible. Like I get along with them so well. Wow. Uh, his parents have been married for 37 years. Uh, his mother's Jewish. His father's Catholic and his brother's gay. And it's nice. Like, it's the,
0: Trispecta. They are all just the most
7: accepting, <laughs> wonderful human beings on the planet. And I just they feel like my family now. it's it's amazing,
5: oh, that's good. That's good. That's wise words for anybody listening that is being mistreated in a relationship because that's something that we've been talking about on the podcast lately is uh, verbal abuse and how oh. that's just not acceptable at all. But so many women specifically find themselves in this place where, they never thought that they would ever allow themselves to be treated that way. Yeah. If a friend was treated that. that way, they would immediately know that's not okay. Yeah. But yet, yeah, you get stuck in this the bottom of a well almost um, when it's coming from your partner. Um, did you find yourself like? Because I'm always I always wonder what it is. Because um, I've I've been in a relationship that was light lightly emotionally abusive, but not not like to a to a degree where I was being like name called often. But um, oh yeah, uh, like when it happens, do you? know right away that it's wrong? Or are you just, is it confusing or, or
7: I, what's your reaction? I almost, uh, I, in the first while of the relationship, I almost felt like I had to make something up to him because I knew what I had done had hurt him so badly. And I knew his ah. family was free, and I knew that those were his demons that like what I did was probably the worst case scenario for him because of what his mom had done to his dad. And so oh. I felt guilt but um,
4: you hadn't not, done anything. Like you weren't cheating on him. You I d- were on a show where this was the point had, of the show. Yeah, I didn't feel guilt. You felt for guilt what that it aligned done. with his
5: trigger. Yeah.
7: Yes, and I so for for mm. so long I felt like I had to make that up to him, and I allowed this abuse mm. to happen. Where I got to a point where I almost adopted his demons and then I became insecure in the relationship oh. and then I became jealous and then I became yeah. emotionally abusive and name calling because it had right. just gotten to that point it's in the that energy. relationship and mm. it felt like like you were saying just the bottom of a hole where I couldn't get out um yeah until you really you know you have to face those demons and I was like I got it like go visit family. I got to surround myself with people that love me and I have to get away from this. And so that's why I started traveling and getting away. But yeah. During that time,
4: were you very open? Like were you open with your friends and family about that? You were kind of thinking of leaving the relationship or were you quiet about it?
7: No, I was very, I tell my family everything. And I have like three really solid best friends who have had, for one, since I was like seven years old and the other two, oh. since I was about like 19. So, um, I share everything with my family, my dad specifically, cause he is just mm-hmm. like, so, um, he's just so uh, wise is so cheesy. He's so wise, but he really is. And he really knows like, like what matters in life and how people should be treated. And he can just sure. say it in such a simple way where you're like grounded. You're right. man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was very open with my family about it.
5: That's good. That's good. Did, were, did you, uh, did they say like, did anybody get mad at him for calling you those terrible yeah. things? Oh yeah. yeah. My, it's, it's funny because my dad being the
7: compassionate man, he is, he was like, Caitlin, I'm going to fly to Nashville. And if Punch he's him. open to it, I'm going to have a conversation with him. Um, because he's like, I've learned so much through, you know, a divorce and relationships and just through living life and making mistakes Aww. and feeling. And so he flew there, he flew to my house and, and had a conversation with him. And I guess it went really well. And I came wow. home. And I was like, okay, maybe something's going to shift. And then the next day, it was something was said to me. And I was like, dad, he said this. And he goes, Like dad, who doesn't really swear. He goes,
5: ah, oh, fuck a horse, Kate, leave. He <laughs> <laughs> died. I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> your dad's so sweet. He's That's the best. so that's very like AA meetings are like this. It's just like the, the AA rules and the handbook and stuff. It's very rooted in like love and kindness and like gentleness. Exactly. And because I was yep. like, would you dad go down there and punch him in the fucking face? No, he had a conversation <laughs> with him like an adult. That's yeah. really nice. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so cute. Fuck <laughs> <Like> a horse.
4: <laughs> well, I like what you said about uh, adopting another person's demons, because I think so often that happens in relationships. And I was like thinking it back to other relationships I've had. Where Do you remember any other relationships where you adopted someone's demons?
3: Oh,
7: I um, Yeah, I, I feel like every relationship I've almost done that to a certain degree, yeah. um, it's funny. Cause I try to take Jason to therapy. Cause I'm like, you've got to have some demons in there somewhere.
4: Like, let's find them. <laughs> You're trying to summon them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm
7: like, I'm trying to think back on like my one where I was really heartbroken over. Um, like, I think, I think because he felt like such a failure for not getting into the NHL when he had, he had, reached that point and then had been set down. And I yeah. think him feeling like a failure made me feel like even more of a failure because I was like, well, I haven't even reached any top to go backwards. Like I'm just down here and haven't done anything yet. So I I'm the like girlfriend of, of failure. the
4: failure. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. yeah. That's interesting. yeah.
4: Well, because I think it's like, so it's like ha- then looking at this and that, that it's it's like a pattern that we all um, have happened in our relationships. How do we set a boundary so that we don't inherit the demons of our partners? Because I think yeah. that's like one of the important things of being, and I don't even know the answer to this because I have to be really careful about who I date, like as far as like people with depression, because I don't have depression, but if I'm mm-hmm. around someone with depression, I have a nor- like a glass half empty attitude for sure. And I, I can yes. really yes. easily be sucked into that like I can't it's hard for me to even be around people with depression um and that's just because I'm being sensitive to myself and I know what I need and the energy I need to be around uh but then it's like how do you how do you navigate it and and set yourself up for success uh without like catching these demons it feels like you're quarantining but like from your partner (laughs)
7: it does. I think it's, I think honestly, like my answer for a lot of things is doing therapy and work on yourself so that you can at least acknowledge your own demons. I think a lot of people, um, like even thinking back onto those relationships where I was adopting theirs, I I don't think they even dug deep into why they had those demons and how they could approach them and how they could work on them. So if you have two people in a relationship that can dig that deep and, um, acknowledge like the shadows that they have lived in and lived with, if they can mm-hmm. both be aware of that and have the tools to work on that, that's setting boundaries right there, which is something that right. I, when I first started my relationship with Jason, we were like, what, what are boundaries and what do you need? And what are your non-negotiables and what are your negotiables? And like, it was like very, Get it
5: all. Yeah, it was almost like
7: business transition before
5: we started. It should be, though. Yeah, it's nice because then before you really fall for each other, it's like, hey, let's talk about these logistical things that are important to us in a relationship. And it's 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 such a comfortable time to have that conversation because there's the stakes are kind of low because you're not like fully in it yet. And so that's like the best time, in my opinion, to have that combo
4: yeah that's why i love this podcast because like so many times like a colleague who i'm like oh i might have a little crush on them comes on the show and then we kind of unpack how they act in relationships and immediately i'm like nope (laughs) never mind (laughs) oh absolutely not and like they never needed to know i never had to go through the experience so
5: um what's valuable to you um in a sexual relationship like what do you prioritize what do you value um and yeah um
7: i think again, it's probably a simple answer, but it really is communication because I have, I'm blanking on the word of it. It's like, I have anxiety around things going in there, whether it's doc, a doctor, um, oh. like anything, even a tampon, I like, I cringe and I clamp up and it hurts me. And I'm like, ah, mm. so I have to, be able to have the conversation to say, like, if, it's not that I'm not enjoying this, but it's going to take me a second to get into it. Right, um, right. So I think to me, it's important to be able to have that communication with my partner to be like, you, I cannot just be a whole to you. When you are <laughs> yeah. feeling like you want to have sex, like, we're, we're gonna have to set the mood um i'm gonna have to feel comfortable and we're gonna have to like really talk and ease your way through that otherwise i'm I'm just it's not gonna be enjoyable for me
4: oh yeah absolutely uh, and yeah how are you able to have sex then with cameras like around uh, like around you or even because I know like the cameras aren't in the fantasy suites but it's just like there's still it's still a very feel i imagine a very public place to be having sex
7: i mean i was in such a dark place
5: okay <laughs> during the
7: end of that season yeah
5: i was you're like I forcing was yourself like
7: just yeah i i honestly was like i don't even know where i am who i am like i just, <laughs> uh, i couldn't talk yeah. to my family or friends i hadn't was sleep grounding. deprivation
5: yeah. sleep deprivation is yeah, a war every, tactic so
7: it honestly felt like um I, I don't even know how to explain it it just it it felt like um you know it was set up so beautifully there was a nice pr- we're in a castle in Ireland with a fireplace roaring and like a bottle of oh. wine and like a freaking bear
5: rug like
7: so it was like Whoa. the mood was set.
5: Okay okay <laughs> Jesus Christ. But if you yeah. had no energy for it you're like oh man this is like a this yeah, is a princess like, scene and I'm so tired.
7: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
5: Damn. Uh how how d- how does the internet still get at you for stuff or like, how do you, how do you balance that? How do you balance the intake of social media or like the intake of feedback? Really?
7: Yeah, I, mm, I do definitely still hear it a lot from a lot of people. You know, everybody has opinions and I have been on the last uh, two seasons of the bachelorette as the co-host. So um, anytime you put yourself in those positions, you're opening up, you know, doors for, uh, criticism. And I, I go through it. Like, I I always say it depends on where my cycle is at, because (laughs) if I'm PMSing, like, I truly think like uh, my self-worth goes down. I believe what people are telling me on the internet. I get upset about it. And then once I've done that and it's a different point of my cycle, I'm like, oh my gosh what's wrong with you it's not me and like so it all just depends on where i'm at but i'm able to like i have this app where i fully track everything and so i'm able to like look at that and be like oh this is why i'm responding this way um and knowledge is power so i'm like trying to like empower myself through where i'm at on my cycle with how i deal with relationships with instagram with criticism and all of that do you still run your own instagram Yes, I do. I, I like it. I don't dive too deep into what people are saying to me in like nasty DMS or on Reddit threads. Like I, I try to not pay attention. I try to laugh at the people who make comments to me like so, like somebody women just seem to be so celebrated for getting married and having babies. Mm-hmm. And if you're not oh, you're doing that me. and you're focusing on your own career, they want the people that are at home and have made those decisions, the miserable which is great
5: for them. Yeah.
7: yeah, they just but, they come at you and they're like, aren't you supposed to be planning a wedding? And like, you're getting older. Like, how, aren't you? I thought you wanted a baby. And I'm like, we can be celebrated for actually working really hard on a career right now. Um, I froze yeah. my eggs. I'm doing fine.
4: <laughs> well, also, shut the fuck up. Also, like, uh, how uh, old are you? Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, I'm sure it's out in the public anyway. How- yeah, I'm 36. Yeah. OK, so people, yeah, I'm, I'm also 36. People are are crazy about, about that. And it's like, it's yeah, like, it's I also think but, it's because you're coming from a very specific world. The bachelor bachelorette world is going to have, your fans yeah. are going to have a more traditional perspective on the trajectory oh, yeah. of a woman. Yeah, uh, but even yes. us being in, you know, living in New York city and having this obviously like very progressive and feminist, openly sexual podcast, people still, Mm -hmm. it's a constant complaint for all the achievements that we have. We've written a Mm -hmm. book, we did a TED talk and it's still like people get most excited when we're in a relationship. And I can't think of a more boring reason to get excited. Like it's barely exciting for me. Like (laughs) I don't, and I mean, I'm all the way on the other side, but Jesus, it's just, how do you, it's, it's like, how do we remove that? From from the heterosexual female brain, <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Uh, that's a good uh, question. Lobotomy. I d- yeah, <laughs> I don't
7: know. I do think generationally, like things will yeah. get yeah a little bit different, just because you know we still have people who have that old school way of thinking and haven't like aren't very open minded. So. I think the, you know, we're the generation where it's like, oh, they're have they're not having kids yet. Like we are that generation who's waiting longer. So I think the next one it will be like normal. I don't know. I'm hoping. Yeah.
4: Yeah. What did you did you have? You had a conversation about so many things with your fiance. I'm guessing children was uh, one of the big parts of that conversation. Yeah. And what did that what did that look like? I'm 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 curious what that looked like, because for me, that's like a deal breaker in so many relationships, especially at this age when it's kind of like, you know, you do have to think about time. But like, I am not at all interested in having children. And I feel like that really turns guys off.
7: (laughs) Well, yeah, it depends. But I I mean, I used to not want kids, uh, only Mm -hmm. through. Okay. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I've always wanted kids. I went through a very small period of time where I didn't want kids because I didn't want relationships in general. And I didn't want um, people. I didn't want people to ever go through bad things or like bring someone into the world. I like went through that phase. And then, um, Jason is like very much about having a family and can't wait. And I too, like, I'm just, I, (laughs) feel like I'm supposed to be a mom at some point in my life. Uh, but he also knows that I'm, I feel like I'm just at a point in my career where I want to put myself still first and our relationship yeah. first. And then, um, like I'll be ready to have kids in probably a couple of years or next year. But right now I'm like so focused on things that I want to do to set myself up for success and set a family up for success. Um, and he's totally on the same page as me for that.
5: Well, that's nice. That's what is the cool. process of freezing your eggs? I, I went, I got a new gynecologist and She sat me down in her office after the appointment. She was like, so you're 33. We're going to freeze your eggs. I'm like, Oh no. What? I don't know. No, do it. It's the best. It's so empowering. That was when I started (laughs) being less
7: critical of myself and what my body looked like and started celebrating what my body could do because it was magical. And, um, you know, the older you get, the older (laughs) your eggs get and the less your eggs get. And, your body is actually meant to have kids at like 16. Um, yeah. Right. And that's when you're the most fertile. And like, so each year I froze my eggs when I was 32. And uh, honestly, it was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it sounds so scary hormones. I to
5: couldn't go on birth control. People. Hormonal birth control sent me for a loop. So I'm like, oh, the hormones you have to take to get the extraction, oh, to I- get the eggs extracted.
7: Yeah. I was not okay for like three weeks, but like what's three weeks compared to like, True. you know, feeling that, um, that almost Safety insurance. Net. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it was, yeah, my hormones, I can't take birth control because of my hormones. Um, my hormones were all over the place. I looked like I was four months pregnant. If you looked oh, at shit. my blood work, it would say I was pregnant. Um, but the overall like surgery for going under is like 10 minutes, very simple oh. And you could go about your day like you couldn't heavy exercise but that's about it oh okay
5: all right that's not too bad Hmm. you could do Hmm. it yeah (laughs) yeah I I I need I'm single though so I'm like I need to meet somebody that I want to procreate with but I guess it's a good it's a good insurance like you said
7: yeah no do it anytime but sooner the better yeah
5: yeah
4: Yeah. I feel like if you're gonna do it I'm like oh I should have done it when I was 16 you know just (laughs) to get that 16 year old fuck See, I've had those on a shelf. Yeah. It's also like $20,000, though, is it not? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. expensive. And insurance doesn't yeah. cover it?
5: No, of course not. It, wait, is that available in Canada for free or for cheaper or is it more? Exp- oh, I don't know. I did it in Chicago. One of my best okay. friends, uh, she
7: works for OVA. It's a fertility clinic in Chicago. Mm. It's one of the best. So I did oh, it wow. with her. Fair.
5: But yeah, oh, cool. it's expensive. Yeah. But, you know, could be worth it. When that baby comes yeah, out. I, I'm I glad so. you did it. If you want
4: one, yeah. 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 I was like, it's, it's nothing I ever thought about. But lots of people, lots of people do it. And especially I think a lot of like women, uh, female comedians, because we are a group of people who are working, you know, so yeah. career focused for so long and yep. then you lose sight of it. So yeah, yeah if, for sure. know, if it's a possibility, why not? Yeah.
5: yeah. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show, Caitlin. Uh, where can we find you? Uh, where can we listen to your podcast, uh, social media handle? What, what would you like to promote?
7: All my, all my socials are very straightforward. It's just at Caitlin Bristow on all of the things. Um, my podcast is called off the vine and on Thursdays it's called grape therapy. And it's basically on, you know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. And I have my own wine label, which I'm so proud of because oh, cool. I didn't just like slap my name on somebody else's wine. And yeah. like I actually put so much work into this wine label and it's really doing well. And um, it's called Spade and Sparrows, and it's Spade and Sparrows on Instagram and TikTok and all the things. It's really good if you're a wine drinker. I've got a Pinot Noir, a Cab, a Rose, and a Pinot Grigio. Um, my whole bus is drinking it right now on tour, and everybody nice. loves it. Um, and then also, I have a apparel line for scrunchies and sweatsuits and hats, and it's called <gasps> Ooh, Do Cute. Edit, and nice. it's amazing. And uh, I think that's all. Oh awesome
4: that's, oh, great. that's great you have Hell so much yeah. going on good for you that's yeah that's incredible thank you so much for being on our show this has been guys we fucked the anti-slut shaming podcast we'll talk to you next friday Guys, we fucked is presented by Luminary, created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's a in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? Nervous, servicing a hand. Melatonin for dreamland, caffeine on demand. Day cool, night kill yourself. Work fulfilled with work and still self worth. I got a craving to quench. Sip on Cordina Patan. Cocaine and I clenched. lives are lives. drink chloride, pesticides, doctors dealing in disguise, getting high just to survive, peyote, rainbow robes, LSD, meeting the almighty on DMT, XTC, THC, ADD, ICT. <laughs> oh my God. The breeze, the bottles of sleep, it shut off your brain, the brain needs to sleep. Norco, Norco, change my life, vodka, whiskey, change my life, build the side Get your nods, get your nods, I'm noited. Credit card late fees and sex and treats. Self care don't come cheap. We all gotta cheat. Parachuting and using the fucking excuses. Feed my mouth, feed my bank, feed my mind, feed my future. Snort up my debt, drink the rumors. Molly dealing, not dealing. Just running and running, I keep it 100 A. Screaming and screaming, but let's get high 5 OMG till I feel.
5: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, Simple to use and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
2: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is.
3: Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcast.